Well, it's great to be with you again. I have some more words. Uh, if you weren't able to be with us last week, uh, like second year. That's a bit slow today, isn't it? <laughs> words can make you pay and pay. Four letter words I cannot say. Panty, toilet, dirty devil. Words of trouble, words are subtle, words of anger, words of hate, words over here, words out there, in the air and everywhere. Words of wisdom, words of strife, words that write the book I like. Words won't find the right solution to the planet Earth's pollution. Say the right word, make a million. Words are like a certain person who can't say what they mean and don't mean what they say. These are the words of Tina Weymouth of Talking Heads fame or the Tom Tom Club for those of you who listened to the radio in the uh, early 1980s. <laughs> what is that? Right, yes. The song asks us to consider what are words worth? And this was when mass media meant TV, AM radio and two papers in your capital city. In an era of blogs and podcasts, of tweets and threads, it's hard to avoid other people's words. And there's no reason to withhold your own. Some would say that social media is akin to a global epidemic of verbal diarrhea. Now, for those who weren't able to be with us last week, we listened to the Proverbs of Solomon to find wisdom in times of bad faith, to give us confidence in words. With Solomon's guidance, we search for the good faith that would restore our trust in words. So Solomon writes, Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. That's Proverbs 16, verse 6. Among other things, the iniquity that Solomon referred to is our foolish disregard of the healing power of rebuke. So a scoffer does not love the one who rebukes him. To the wise he will not go. That's Proverbs 15 verse 12. However, if we're confident that the one to whom we turn for words, even words of rebuke, if that one is loyal and faithful, Solomon exhorts us, we shall find the fear of the Lord in turning from evil. Now, the realisation of Solomon's observation about loyalty and faithfulness is found most perfectly in Jesus the Christ and his cross. From there, as nowhere else, we see the immutable faithfulness of God to his creation, the saving loyalty of Jesus the Christ that atones for iniquity of the world. Furthermore, in the spirit of wisdom, we hear God's rebuke and it saves us, turning us from death towards living in the fear of the Lord. At the cross, the word himself prepares us to receive a gift of good faith that gives us saving words to hear and speak. So this week, and with the gift of faith, we should spend our time together meditating on what we can do with words to create good faith in our community. 
After all, as uh, Proverbs 19 verse 1 says, better a poor man walking in his innocence than a man twisted whose speech is foolish. How wretched, says Solomon, is the person whose speaking habits are twisted and crooked. A fool does not care for discerning, but for exposing his inner thoughts, says Solomon in Proverbs 18 verse 2. So let's pray that the spirit of wisdom from God will empower us to speak wise words to each other and make the most of the good faith with which God gives us. Please uh, join me as I pray. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, we do pray for your spirit of wisdom to enable us to speak the words that foster good faith. And we pray this for his sake. Amen. Well, in uh, chapter 18 today, and that's where I'll focus most of uh, the observations I'm going to make, we see four characteristics of pure speech. Four characteristics of pure speech. Characteristic number one, pure speech blesses consistently. In verse four of chapter 18, deep waters the words a man utters, a flowing brook, the wellspring of wisdom. I'm using uh, the translation of uh, the Hebrew scholar uh, Robert Alter just to bring out uh, some of the vividness of the language here, but I'll refer to the actual verse numbers in your Bible uh, so that you can look upon them with me. Pure speech is to the community what a torrent is to the desert. It's a teeming source of life, says Solomon. But it's not just the quantity of words that are on view here. Words that bring depth and richness are found in the ability to verbalise complex ideas and pose solutions to puzzling questions. It's a succinctness that feeds the community with substance to nourish and to satisfy. This is much more than the drive for minimalism that keeps sermons simple and churches stupid. Rather, as Solomon says, deep waters the counsel in a man's heart, but a man of discernment draws them up. That's Proverbs 20, verse 5. Pure speech seeks always to foster loyalty and to serve faithfulness amongst a community. So pure speech blesses consistently. But how does it do that? How does pure speech become a consistent blessing to us? Well, the second aspect of pure speech is that it reports accurately. Or as uh, Solomon writes in chapter 18, verse 8, the words of a grumbler are swallowed greedily and they go down to the belly's chambers. Now, I think the, the Christian Standard Bible that we've been reading this, uh, this semester has gossip here. The words of a gossip are swallowed greedily. I went with grumbler... Uh, but literally, we're referring to the words of a murmurer. Think of the Israelites murmuring to each other about how good their life was in Egypt before they came out to this desert with Moses, or murmuring to each other in their tents, look how tall those Canaanites are, we'll certainly be destroyed. And so the community is infected with murmuring with gossip. 
the power of this proverb lies in the combination of both attractiveness and penetration. We gobble up the words of a gossip like sickly sweet chocolate and we keep rehearsing the vicious rumours in our minds, toying with the possibility that they're true but horrified at the same time that they might be, delighting in them and despising them simultaneously. And we become angry with ourselves for listening to gossips, even as we despise them for their tangy, sweet words. Laying bare secrets, the gossip goes round. Don't trust yourself to a blabbermouth, writes Solomon in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. Good faith in words amongst the community is poisoned by undisciplined gossip with its winsome and seductive flattery. These words betray loyalty and they make a mockery of faithfulness. Blessing consistently, reporting accurately and thirdly, listening carefully. Or as Solomon writes in chapter 18 verse 13, who answers a word before hearing it out, it's folly for him and a disgrace. Perhaps you know the shame of lecturing an audience of family and friends having attended to only half a matter, filling in the rest with your ignorance. Never let the facts get in the way of a good story, we might say. But the point here is actually much sharper. Rash words from a position of power are a presumption on grace at best and an insult or abuse at worst. Think of the husband who has assumed that he's smart enough to know what his wife will say before she says it. He's treated her as less than his compliment or at least less than himself and ashamed and insulted her and himself by revealing his insensitivity and ignorance. There can be no good faith in words when they are so foolishly employed. So report accurately, listen carefully and question studiously, says Solomon. First to speak in his dispute seems right till his fellow man comes and searches him out, says Solomon in chapter 18, verse 17. A natural correlate of accurate reporting and careful listening is the discipline required to understand as much as possible the whole picture of a given situation. It's very tempting, of course, to play the inquisitor with questions that ensnare and corral, but that hardly makes for good faith in words, does it, when people feel trapped to give answers. Instead, the parts that make up a generous whole come from asking humble, empathetic, and curious questions. So if these are the characteristics of pure speech that chart the course towards good faith in words in a community, according to Proverbs 18, what do we get out of this? What does good faith in the community look like? Well, firstly, it looks like peacefulness. Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7. The lips of the fool lead to quarrels and his mouth calls out for blows. A fool's mouth is a disaster for him and his lips a snare for his life. Now in our genteel context, 
It seems a little hard to imagine, perhaps, but indifference to relationship dynamics in the form of incendiary tongues breed violence in the community. I belong to a very large uh, and extended family and in the long past, at many times and in various ways, outrageous demands and exaggerated accusations led to protestations, recriminations, and as they say in the NRL, the biff. <laughs> but it was shameful at the time. And looking back now years later, it was a tragic story that led to an untimely death. Foolish words are lethal to peace of a community. Whether it's the unsolicited advice on parenting or the constant reminder of how much better your home church or church hero pastor does ministry, foolish words eat up peace until there is none left in the community. So peacefulness is our incentive for wise words in good faith. Peacefulness and fruitfulness. Chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. From the fruit of a man's mouth his belly is sated. He will sate the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the tongue's power and those who love it will eat its fruit. Fruitfulness and productivity are captured here in how wise words reproduce life in various ways and different contexts. Wise words share in good faith enable us to see things differently, give us the confidence of insight. They sponsor imagination and inspiration. They are patrons of resourcefulness and mentors of inspiration. On reflection, they birth gratitude and parent thankfulness. With pure speech, the community experiences great riches. Or as Solomon says, there is gold with abundance of rubies, but lips of knowledge are a precious vessel. The fruitfulness of freedom is the blessing of peace. Who guards his mouth and tongue guards his life from trouble. That's Proverbs 21, verse 23. Those who invest in wise words for their community receive the return of acceptance. Who loves heart's purity speaks graciously, and the king is his friend. That's Proverbs 22, verse 11. So through pure speech, we may enjoy good faith amongst each other and live peacefully and faithfully together. When we report accurately, listen carefully, question studiously, we have the conditions for the possibility of blessing consistently. Of course, despite our best intentions, we fail. And foolish words fly forth from our lips before we can grab hold of them and stuff them back in our mouths, like so many paper plates at a picnic on a windy day. <laughs> and I'm sure you've had the situation of watching your words sail across the room before you can grasp them back and stuff them back in your mouth or your pocket or something so that they won't land painfully on a target and hurt someone you love. 
Solomon's wise words, of course, come from a time when Israel was truly God's people, in God's place, under God's king. But we have one greater than Solomon, God's word in the flesh, who not only spoke the words of life that made Solomon wise, but died the death that cast a shadow over all our words. Therefore, we must remember that the good faith in words is a gift from God, a gift that is given in the words of forgiveness. For nothing creates peace in a community like, I'm sorry for what I said, please forgive me. The great word of forgiveness is the word himself given for us. And even the ability to hear the word is the gift of God's spirit. So as Paul writes to the Corinthians, God has revealed these things to us by his spirit, since the spirit searches everything from God. Now we have not received a spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand the words that are given freely to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. We can speak words of loyalty, of faithfulness, of peace and fruitfulness because God has blessed us with the word of his spirit that makes his word living and active among us. Let's pray. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, we pray that you would forgive our foolish words and we thank you, Lord, that you give us a true word empowered by your spirit to speak forgiveness to one another because of the forgiveness that you've given to us for our foolish words in Jesus our Saviour. Amen.